Hello and welcome to the Wood Floor Podcast, a podcast for flooring professionals, contractors, retailers, and anyone that's connected to the flooring industry. We deep dive into the lives of flooring professionals, new and old, contractors, meeting the big boss, and also experiences we found that may be valuable to you as a listener. On this week's show, we've got Ben from Black Duck Flooring Limited. Ben's based on the south coast of England and specialises in everything wood flooring and also carpets. Right, Ben, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and in traditional podcast tradition, who is Ben Burns? So, in short, I suppose I'm um, I'm the owner of Black Duck Flooring. Um, we, I've, I've been in the industry 20 years. I've, I've owned the company uh, and been trading for just under three years. We um, we specialise in hardwood flooring and, and carpets, uh, installing, supplying, and restoring um, all different types of hardwood flooring. Uh, we've got a, a quite a small team, small but very good team. Um, we've got Josh, who's a who's our carpet fitter. Um, me and Ollie and young Charlie um, are installing and restoring the hardwood flooring. Yeah, and then we've got a couple of other subbies who sort of help us out time to time. Yeah, so that's it, really. Fabulous. So, where did it start twenty years ago? How did it start and where? It started on a on a rugby pitch, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> where better? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I used to be a butcher and uh, working after school and what have you. And I played rugby with a with a guy, and he uh, we both I played hooker, he played prop. Yeah. And um, we had a really good game. And uh, at the end of the game, he said, "I'll see you." Next Saturday, I said, you won't. I said, I, I work Saturdays, I'm a butcher. And he said, well, we'll sort that out. And um, I suppose that was it, really. He uh, he spoke to me on the on the Tuesday and said, right, I've got a job for you starting. Um, it's in Canterbury. It's five months' work. Do you fancy it? And that was it, really. So not looked back since. What, what was that? What was that doing predominantly? Was that fitting, sanding, or what did you say? It was start? fitting. Fitting. Yeah, we yeah. had a... From memory, obviously it's a long time ago, but from memory, it was 7,000 metres we laid in a Phoenix department store in Canterbury High Street. So it is actually still there. The, the, I mean, it's still a Phoenix. Well, last time I went there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we were there. I think we were there five months staying oh. away during the week, which was a, a learning experience, I can, I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no experience at all, straight in. Just um, well, from butcher to floor fitter. Hopefully, hopefully you're not doing any butchering now of any no. wood. <laughs> no, that was it. I had no, 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 I tried not to. Uh, I had no experience whatsoever. I didn't know, you know, anything um, yeah. carpentry wise or anything like that. I'd not gone to college. I'd literally, I'd come out of school, and I wanted to join the army. That was what I was planning on doing. Um, but between between that. And um, you know, just I just carried on working at the butchers after after work and after after school, sorry. Yeah. And then that sort of led to a full time job, and then obviously started started doing this. So, but I think because it was a big job, 
I sort of learned quite a lot within those five months because I was we were doing everything from you know there's a lot of plank we were laying but you know I was doing everything you know cutting door frames gluing out protecting I wasn't doing a huge amount of laying but I was doing all the sort of donkey work if you like yeah 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 so fast forward to now where did black duck flooring come from the name and why why go it on your own so I suppose I worked for a big company for 15 years. Um, really enjoyed working there. Great bunch of people. But we were working in London. Uh, I live on the South Coast. So driving up into town every day, it took its toll massively. I, um, I then moved to, a, to another company. Again, that was all London-based. And it, it was just, you know, it's... It's hard work getting up yeah. at four o'clock in the morning, driving up there, working all day, getting home at six o'clock in the evening. So I started working for a local guy. Um, I suppose it was, it ended up being a bit just frustrating. Not what he was doing, probably more myself. I was, I've done for a bit of a change of my own life. Um, and on my friend, who's a, we both had Harley Davidson's at the time, right. and he had his customised. Okay. And it came with some parts on it, an air filter, believe it or not, which which was black duck parts, it was called. Right. And I was, you know, we have our little chats in the morning before work, and I I said to him, I've got to do something. I've got to go on my own. I've got to do something. And he's like, well, just go on your own, do it. I was like, yeah, but where am I going to get all the work from? And, you know, I'd, I'm used to doing really nice high-end work. I was like, how am I going to get that again? I said, just go on your own. You know, start a company. I was like, well, what am I going to call it? And that's where Black Duck came from, really. So it was sort of a those two things that sort of set me going, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And what was the first job you did as Black Duck flooring? Oh, I can't even remember. <laughs> um, oh, I Wait, don't know. I don't know got, what it was. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember when you got that first check or payment as Ben at Black Duck? You don't remember that at all? <laughs> Pulling the question down. Yeah, I know. Well, no, I don't know. I couldn't tell you without looking back in my diary. Yeah, kind of being that. Mean. It must have been like an eight square meter bedroom or something. Sand in us. We wouldn't yeah. have any sand. I didn't have any sand and gear to start off with, so it would have been a lion job. But yeah, I can't for the life of me remember what it was. Oh well, well, we'll come back if you remember. So yeah, yeah. So since you've set up on your own, um, what would you say the biggest challenge of being on your own over working for the firms that you've you've worked for in the past? What's the biggest challenge? For me, it's the the workload after after the actual work is done. So the behind the scenes stuff. Um, you know, I work, We I normally finish work at four, five o'clock every day. And then I sit, sit in the office at home till at least eight o'clock at night, every night, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I never gave it a thought, really, when I work for other people of how how difficult it is. I think we've all, when we've worked for other people, always thought how oh, they, they should do this, they should do that. It'll make life so much easier. But until you're in it, I... Um, yeah, it's just it's so much more difficult than I expected. But you know, obviously with 
coming on your course um, and other bits and pieces, I'm starting to find better ways of doing things and that's making things easier, certainly. It's certainly a, a lifestyle um, than, a, yeah. than, a, than, a, than a job here yeah. and it's it's for yourself to make your own decisions of when when you work and when you don't. But yeah, I agree. There's a lot of the light is never turned off. I think it's very difficult to, unless you can completely switch off on holiday and stuff like that. So no, I um, think it's a, it's a massive sacrifice, I think. And I didn't think it was ever going to be this much of a sacrifice, really. You know, you sacrifice a lot of time to, to do it, don't you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got to be so careful if you look at your bottom line profit and how much you take as wages um, and then diet divert them divert divide that by the amount of hours spent working in the business <laughs> yeah. um you can think well i could i could deliver boxes for amazon for uh I'll be on minimum wage so, yeah <laughs> exactly but it's also the enjoyment it brings so not just not not just the money so exactly. and as a general, what do you think the biggest challenge being in the flooring industry, not necessarily your business, but as wooden flooring experts, carpet experts, what, what's the biggest challenge we all face, in your opinion? For us, mm. I can't speak for everyone, I would say it is labour. Yeah. Um, where I live, a lot, there's, a, there's a lot of floor floor layers because of the, the company that I worked for previously. So there is a lot of companies that have started because of working there. But you, everyone's so busy that it's so difficult. You know, you can't go around trying to nick staff off other companies. Yeah. But it, I, I, I think it's just been, and I think the only way I've, you know, I've, try, I've tried teaching people from, from scratch, you know, that, that's not been easy trying to get other people. It's just, yeah, that's what I would say. It's it's definitely labour. I don't think there's me, that many people in the country that can do this job um, as well as it, you need them to be doing it, really. No, oh, there's a lot of tryers there. <laughs> that, a lot uh, of tryers. <laughs> but, but not real flooring experts. Uh, but, yeah, or, or even now, I think the younger guys coming through the... I've got the absolute want and need to put the graft in at the bottom end. They want big money at the bottom. So yeah, no, I would yeah, agree. Yeah, they with want you. big money, and they also—it's a hard business to be in. You know, it's a hard job. You're on your knees all day long, up and down, up and down. And you know, when you say to someone, oh, "I'll pay you 60, 70 quid a day," they look at you like, "Well, go, go and work, go and work at Tesco's, or go and work elsewhere." But they don't realise that the learning that goes into, or you know, the the teaching that you've got to give them to, so they can go out and lay a job on their own. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and since you started Black Duck, um, you've probably had to shell out some serious money on bits and bobs. But what, apart from your time, what's the biggest investment you've made to get it to where it is now, so fast in 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 three years? I think I, I I think the best thing I've done was purchase all my sanding equipment early on. I had because I was a subby, you know, for the last however long how many years it was, seventeen years. 
I had all my fitting tools, which I've accumulated over the years. But yeah. I think the big, big investment was the sanding equipment, which I got from KHR, uh, all my Lagler stuff. And, you know, when you look at it on paper and think, Jesus Christ, that's a lot of money. Yeah. I think that was the, you know, sanding can be quite, quite a good earner, I always think. And to be able to go out and do that straight away with new, new Hummel, Trio, Flip, etc. I think that was the that was the best thing I done really. Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna, I was going to ask what's your go to tools, but I think you've you've answered that all all legally. Um, do you run any other machines apart from that that brand, or have you got any? No, no. I I initially I bought the <clears throat> I bought the trio the flip. No, sorry, the trio and the Hummel. Yeah, uh, and and then the the orbitals, the Festal orbitals, and I actually bought the Festal Raz. And uh, Katie from KHR was like, "You should get a flip." And she kept saying to me, "You'll regret it." And I had to eat my words, and I had to phone her up a few <laughs> months later saying, "I need that flip." And yeah, so no, I use for yeah all Lagla stuff. Um, I've only got one set of it all. We don't. Yep. We, we normally only have one one guy out doing sanding at a time. So. Um, I couldn't afford to have any more at the minute. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's, that's one good thing with the sanding equipment. At least they always hold the money. So even if you buy them brand new and you look after them, at least the the one thing that don't really depreciate too much. That's one, no. one advantage of the, the floor. And they again. last. They really yeah. do last. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, I've seen machines 20 years old still going strong. So you, you definitely can get your money's worth out of them if they're out grafting. Every day. Um, So over the years, and this can be employed or self-employed, what is the biggest fuck-up you've ever done? (laughs) And you've got to be honest with this one. I want to to know, when have you really dropped the ball? Oh, God. I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. I don't know know where, though. What have I done? I I know I did a job up in... um, Up in... Um, North London, and this guy's house was a beautiful, beautiful, in Notting Hill it was, beautiful house. And I cut through his alarm cables because I was cutting up the carpet. Yeah. Now, normally that wouldn't be the, the worst thing in the world, but he told us a story. I hadn't told him I'd cut through the alarm cables at this point. <laughs> um, he told us a story that he had some workmen there before, and they left the front door open, and someone had got in and hid under his snooker table down in the basement. And <laughs> when they went home, or when he went to bed that night, he, the, the guy attacked him in the middle of the night with wow. a knife. Wow. So um, he, he wasn't very happy when I told him I cut through his alarm <laughs> cables. <laughs> oh. so, so I, I, I think that's perhaps the worst. I can't think of anything major other than that, thankfully, touch wood. Got to be some wood around this and... Have you been any jobs with any catastrophic flooring failures or where it's not been your fault, but it's, you know, the products failed or um, or something's just gone yeah, completely I mean, wrong? I remember we were laying a, again in Canterbury actually, we were laying a, a big sports hall there and we were literally putting the last rips in and the threshold on the door. And I went out to go and put something in the van and an internal pipe, huge, huge, pipe had burst and the water was it was like a river running straight under the floor which 
I was saying to the guys working with, well, that's coming straight back up that floor. But believe it or not, it was fine. Right, plumbing neck. Which I can't believe. I could, they, they, they started pumping it out. But yeah, that, that was, because uh, that was a big old gym and I thought that's going to cost someone a few quid. Yeah, well, what happened? It just, um, just, I think they, they just stopped it and then dried it out. I think what they've done is they pumped it. We had a few um, points in the floor where there were some uh, sockets going to go. And I think they got some pumps in there and pumped the water out. And as far as I remember, the floor was fine. I think we had to re-sand it because it cut slightly, but that was it. Oh, that's a lucky escape. It's, uh, yeah. I, I remember one probably, oh, it's got to be 15 years ago, Um well, I'm not a football fan whatsoever, but when it was when Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank played for Newcastle. The reason why I know it was then uh, was we were in his house in Bang and Olsen. Um, we'd just done the floor, big ground floor, wooden floors, supplied, fitted. And we're upstairs in a bedroom, fitting the last bedroom and uh, Bang and Olsen. I think he was moving in like the following day. And um, Jimmy turned up with these 22-inch spinners on his... Uh, Escalade, whatever they are, the American things. Oh yeah! And uh, as he turned up with these, you know, the, the wheels were still spinning, and he gets out with his jeans on down, like past his knees, near enough. And I, oh, he's Jimmy. And then all we heard was this, like screaming, like someone was getting murdered with a pot and nailer. Um, and it was like, and what happened is, Bang and Olsen had drilled, um, a, I think it was like a nine mil drill bit straight through the underfloor heating pipe, and it was oh, no. <laughs> it's coming out oh, like no. a pressure washer. Out, out across oh, the new curtains and the Phoenician plaster, um, and as you like, as you described, but it um, like the water started like coming out like a river across the hallway out of the lounge. <laughs> oh God! So yeah, that's, that's the yeah. worst. The so worst, we uh, we put our toes in our van and um, left them to it because there was um, a few shouting matches going on. So it's uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's a. Uh, Entertainment, entertainment. So out on the jobs, what's your go-to product um, to use the lac- lacquers and oils and things like that? What over the years of using probably everything under the sun, now you've set your own business up, what do you feel is the best in the biz? So I was very, when I first started, I was very, I, I suppose I, I didn't really care what I was using. Um, you know, I was going to who, who I was buying my stuff off and, I wasn't that bothered, but I, I went and met Fraser from Lober at yeah. KHR. And then I started using all of the lacquers from uh, Lober, which I, I think, you know, they're, they're just fantastic. So I then started from that, started using all the subfloor stuff and all the adhesives from Wackhole, which yeah. obviously all, all part of the same company. And that's all I use now. Unless yeah. I was specified to use something else, I I use all of their products. I think the the benefit of having Fraser and Duncan at the end of a phone is invaluable. You can I have, I've had it, you know, the last few months where we've had some unusual substructures, and I've been able to phone Duncan and straight away he's given me right. Well, you need this. You need this. You need this you know, job done. And I think having someone like that who's that knowledgeable on the end of a phone is is fantastic. I think their products are, um, you know, yeah, I, think they're, I think they're great. And I don't think they're that, that expensive as 
looking at other stuff on the market. So, yeah, that's what I'll just try and keep it all of all that stuff now. No, it's always, always sensible to keep it one brand and it's easier. But, yeah, I think there's got to get them boys on the podcast. I think it was a, a fight between Fraser and Alex, um, who was oh, right, going to yeah. come on the, on the podcast. Uh, so we'll have to get what's get them on next and see what's... Uh, yeah, they're yeah, one definitely. of the suppliers we've not had yet, but yeah. So what is next this year, next year for Black Duck? How can you see things going? So I would like I'd like to carry on the way we are at the minute, but becoming a little bit more profitable. I find that I'm sometimes I'm wasting a bit of money here and there. Um, just silly things. I, I don't really want to grow much bigger than we are at the minute. I think that's quite a nice size that we are. Um, I just want to streamline the business, really. Yeah. I, I, I perhaps want to take a little bit more time so I'm not, you know, working all evening and working all day. Um, my wife's gonna gonna come on board, so hopefully that will help help things a lot better. Because it is sometimes it's just a bit overwhelming about how much work you've got to do in the evenings as well as in the day, and it's it then becomes a bit a bit unenjoyable. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think really just want to stick as the size we are. I don't want to grow too big too quickly, and but just streamline everything. Make sure that we're doing things the right way, and the jobs are. I mean, we, we, we're lucky. We don't really have many problems with jobs, but, you know, they're, they're as profitable as they can be. And, um, yeah, we're still keeping getting the nice work, really. Would you like to come off the tools or do you still enjoy the, the manual side of the job? Or can you see yourself dragging yourself more into the office during the day? I, I actually love it still. Um, I don't want to come off the tools. Not for a while, anyway. Um, I, I love I love being on site with the guys. I enjoy laying floors still. Uh, so while my body's, although I have some aches and pains at the minute, I can I can get through that, and I I want to stay doing that for as long as possible. Really, uh, hence why my wife's going to come on, yeah, and sort of sort of take you know obviously if I could get you know a day a week just going looking at jobs, but the rest of the time me outfitting or sanding whatever. I think that would be quite a nice balance, really. Yeah, yeah. Reduce certainly would reduce the uh, the evening. Even you have the evenings to yourself, then if you could. Uh... That's it. Yeah, because it is a bit, you know, working till eight o'clock every night, regardless of what you're doing. It's hard work. Absolutely. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go into the quick fire round, um, and it's just a bit of fun. It's a bit bit about you. We do it with all of our guests. Um, I am going to tweak one of them, and then it's up to you if you want to ex- explain why I've tweaked it. <laughs> You'll see. So, uh, McDonald's or Burger King, and why? I think it's got to be a mixture because Burger King's got the best burgers, but McDonald's got better chips. So, I would have, yeah, I'd have to have a mixture. We'll drive through. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they're next to each other. <laughs> Uh, sunbathing or skiing? Do you get that? 
Sorry, yeah, sandbagging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, did, did you lose me? Yeah, I lost you. Yeah, you're back. Oh, sorry. Do you so, want to ask question again? Uh, no, no, you're good. It's, uh, we got, we'll cut it out a bit. So, um, this is the one. Orange juice or cider? <laughs> Orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to explain why? Just... For the yeah, podcast? yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I said earlier that I had a bit of a life change when I just before I started uh, my business, I um, am actually in recovery for alcoholism. Okay. Um, yeah, so since the age of probably um, 17, 18, probably more likely, I, I realised I had a problem with drink. Um, somehow I still was drinking up until the age of 30. How old am I now? 37, 35, 34, I think. Um, So I stopped drinking just coming up nearly three years ago, um, which for anyone that has any issues with drink, I can assure you it's been the absolute best thing I've done in my life. Yeah. It's, it's just changed everything, changed my relationships with my wife, with my family, with um, my friends, work has, has just you know I, I wouldn't I would no way be running the business if I was still drinking, um, and there's you know I never thought I was an alcoholic really I always knew I had a problem with drink but um, it's it it creeps up on you yeah. believe it or not and because you think you're going to work every day and you and you're not sat in a park drinking um, you think you're not an alcoholic but you are <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank, thankfully I've, I've, I've come through the other side. I had some help and got, got through it and it's yeah, completely changed my life. So, uh, yeah, orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, really appreciate your honesty on you there. I was, I thought it might be a little bit controversial, but it was when me and you first chatted on the phone before you came to Florin Freedom, you were straight up with and said, look, this is where I've come from. This is where I want to get to. Um, it sort of really struck a, a chord with me because, again, I, I think your point is very, very valid where, you know, alcoholism, I don't know anything about it. I've, I've got my own take on it. Um, and obviously there's different, um, I wouldn't say types, but different probably sever- uh, severities of it. And um, I would say five, six years ago, I was certainly not reliant, but uh, I had a, um, would come in from fitting, have two cans of beer, and it it was a it was just a way of a coping mechanism is the best. It wasn't reliance; it was a coping mechanism. And then on a Friday, you know, you would have ten. But and as you've seen on our courses and what I sometimes preach about on on other things that we do, that your performance at work and how you act around your loved ones, your children, your wife, or your customers can be a correlation of what you are doing you know, in your own time as well. Um, so it did struck a chord to me. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I will have a pint of beer with friends and, but that will be it because rewind, I acted differently when I'd had two pints of beer on a Tuesday night. So we're not talking 10 or 15 or, or whatever, or whatever people would associate, but your, your performance is definitely connected to what, you put in your mouth. So, yeah, um, 
So, no, massively appreciate your, your honesty on there, but that's why I wanted to bring it up because I'm a massive advocate of change for the better in anything. So if anyone, um, you know, we've had other people on the course that are um, in a cycle where they just, well, this is what I do. And it's like, well, that doesn't have to be permanent. So, so yeah, no, big, 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 big thing to me. And as, as you've seen on the course, that's when we do the section on that, that's my bit. That's the bit I've got one of the most from it. You know, if you can get your personal performance up, your business will thrive no, no matter how good a fit you are, how good your products are. If you're fueling yourself full of shite, you'll, you'll act shite normally, unless you're a superhuman, which most of us aren't. So <laughs> <laughs> class, right. Uh, dream house, planks or herringbone, or how would you do it in your dream house? I would... I would have herringbone, I think. And I would probably have herringbone with maybe a wedge border and then or a wedge strip and then a border. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what I'd have. Class. And tonight, if you won 10 million at seven o'clock, so half an hour, uh, yeah. what would you spend it on and why? I would I would take a lot of my friends and family on a holiday. Um, and then I would probably buy a lot of property so we can all live happily ever after. <laughs> Do you think you'd pack the flooring in completely? Honestly? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. No, I probably wouldn't because I'm, I'm, I've got a very addictive personality. So I would, I would just, yeah, I mean, I perhaps wouldn't take on certain jobs, that's for sure. But no, I'd, I'd have to do something because yeah. I have to keep my mind busy um, and everything I do, I have to overdo, uh, which is a good friend of, a good friend of mine. That's his motto, basically, as well. So, yeah, everything worth doing is worth overdoing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tea or coffee? Coffee. Coffee. And... On the basis you won the 10 million quid that we're just talking about, what's the dream car? Well, I was at Goodwood Festival of Speed the other day. Oh, and Jealous. Yeah, it, and I'm not really a massive car person, but I, I've always loved Ferraris, so I suppose perhaps a Ferrari, but, you know, after fitting all day, getting in a, getting a Ferrari would be no good, <laughs> would it? <laughs> Seat covers. Yeah, exactly. I've had a glue all up the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um. Did you were you you were at the? Did you see the what the set a new world record? Wasn't it? Um, the electric car. Electric car. That thing shifted. That thing was. Uh, I, I didn't see that one because I think that was on Sunday, and I went Saturday. But I saw an electric SUV type thing and I've, I've never seen anything so quick in my life so yeah, yeah. I mean the electric cars are that's got to be the future isn't it oh 100% I've, I've just realised in mine I don't even know how um, it's now come on my dashboard but there's a G meter on on um, which I always thought would be like is it is is a gimmick which it is a gimmick but now I find myself punching off the traffic light to see how many G I can get going forward <laughs> So, so yeah, um, well, but mine hasn't got that much power. I mean, hopefully they'll bring out some uh, some electric vans that are 
that have got some decent range. I think that's got to be the next thing for us guys because the price of fuel at the minute. That's exactly right. I think they, 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 I think that's the challenge with them because you've got the hybrid transit, but that's still you still put petrol in it, and that only yeah. does thirty five miles. And then I think the um, transporter only does a hundred miles, um, but that's full of, full electric, so that's not going to get very far. Um, so, and I, I don't think there's um, oh, there's the and then also the Vito does a hundred and twenty, I think, and that's it. So unless you if you literally around the doors, you're fine. But if you try and try and go up the motorway, you're not going to get far. No, definitely not. And the final question on the quick fire round is probably the most important: mash roasties or chips? Roasties. Ah, oh, yes. Gotta be roasties. Brilliant. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast, Ben. So thank you massively for coming on. Um, been really good uh, and listened to your take on things and um, yeah and oh that is the last thing I need to say where can we find you Ben can you give everyone um, website Insta everything like that where can people find you if they want to check you out so our website is blackduckflooring.co.uk Instagram is blackduckflooring we are on Facebook also same name um, that's about it, I suppose. We have got a TikTok, um, but we haven't. I haven't done any TikTok yet. I need someone to show me how to do it. But <laughs> maybe in the future, with our new apprentice Charlie, he's a bit of a TikTok man. So maybe we'll get him. You know, when he's not when he's not cutting out door frames, we can perhaps get him doing some TikToks. Delegation. He can do all the before and afters. Absolutely. Well, it's actually funny because he went on a carpet job yesterday and Josh said to him, you know, there's not a great deal you can do at the minute. So just do some videos. And he started doing stuff. So hopefully that, you know, because that's all part of it these days. You know, that's, believe it or not, if you're not, to try and promote yourself, you need to be doing these sorts of things and, and being in the 21st century. So Absolutely. Doing stuff like that, why not? Why not get get him doing it? Because you know he's the right age. That's it. Save it, send it, and off it goes. And yeah, exactly. I think the way the way um, business is going and the the economy, I think you've got to very much keep in front of people. And TikTok, no matter what, can still be professional. So it's exactly yeah. yeah, yeah so there you go. So tomorrow, Charlie's got in a new <laughs> job role. Yeah. Senior TikTok technician. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you for having me, Tom. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the Woodfork podcast. I've been your host, Tom. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockrellandco.co.uk. That's cockerelandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is cockerelandco, and also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.